you can't really make all that many mistakes because when we're very like, unforgiving yes yeah, super unforgiving and, and Sup, G? Why do we always start like that, Blair? I don't know. We don't have anything better to do, and we, we we are we're trying to make it so our intros aren't boring. Well, sure, I guess our intros are going to be boring anyway, so it doesn't uh, really matter. We should just use it, just jump into it. All right. So, what are we doing? What do we do in this podcast? Uh, we are talking with your buddy David, who just released a game called. Dust and Neon. Yes, and it's his second time on the podcast. He is a very prolific game developer. He's done more than anyone else that I know. Yeah, and uh, it was actually pretty cool to talk to him for a second time. Uh, it was cool to kind of see how he's progressed since the last time we talked to him. He has a, like a small team now to, uh, I guess, develop games with. So it's uh, that, that's pretty cool. Should we uh, jump right to it then? Yeah, sure. Hey, David. Welcome back. How's it going? Hey. It's going well, I guess. <laughs> going well, you it guess. Is. That that doesn't sound so good, actually. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's going well. So uh, let's start. Let, let Reintroduce yourself. We had you on literally like two years ago now, um, but give us a reminder of who you are. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so I'm... Um... I used to be a one-man team, uh, solo in the developer, um, and I made games like uh, Pull My Tongue, um, Hexaflip that launched for Apple Arcade as uh, one of the launch titles, and uh, Super Glitch Dash who, that ended up on uh, Google Play Pass. Uh, and now lately we have been working on Dust and Neon, which was kind of like the step over to, to console and PC. Uh, that launched uh, like last month, February. So, uh, yeah. And I, I said uh, I'm, I used to be a solo dev because I've like hired some people to help out since the last game got way too big. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's first of all. I I've, I think I said last time you are probably one of the most or the most successful indie dev we've we've talked to on the podcast before. And you and I have known each other for eight years now, entirely yeah. over the internet. We we met on a Slack channel, some random indie Slack channel that no longer exists. And then we yeah. just chat on Facebook Messenger a few times a month or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you're the most successful indie dev we've had and you <laughs> now have a team. So let's talk about how that happened. Like, because you, you're, you're, Recent game, you have a deal with Netflix. Yeah, yes. So and that kind of why why it happened. So um, I was working on the the game myself, and back then it was just called the West, like uh, working title. So the idea was that um, I was doing some prototypes on other type of games uh, that were mobile focused, and then I was like, no, I. Kind of just want to do a game that I want to play. So um, I love twin stick shooters. So uh, I really love the the old uh, alien shooter games, and I really liked uh, Hell Divers. Um, so I kind of wanna I wanted to take a spin on that and see if I could could make make something cool. Um, 
so I started working on that and had had working on it for I think about six months when uh, when the publisher have been working on uh, for quite a long time uh, with the last let's see now three titles so Glitch uh, Dash, Super Glitch Dash, and Hexaflip were published by Rogue Games, um, and they were on me for those six months. Like, hey, hey, man, what are you doing? I'm working on something. Show, show us what you're doing. Show me, show me. So I was like, okay. So I sent them a, a video of the game, and uh, he was Matt, who was working on on Rogue. He was like, kind of direct and said, okay, I I, I want to pitch this to to Netflix uh, as a mobile game. I was like, no, not not any more mobile games. <laughs> but, <laughs> But I, I kind of had it in, in my mind that, yeah, this could probably work as a mobile game too. Um, and then I heard back one day that, yeah, Netflix won it. So uh, we're just going to wrap up the contracts. And so uh, you need to kind of bump up the scope and, and uh, figure out all the mobile stuff and everything. So that's kind of why I I realized very soon that I needed a level designer. Uh, so it was like the first hire to get a level designer on board. And uh, my wife, wife has had been doing uh, like assets, um, assets for right. Unity Asset Store. So I was like, no, quit that. Now you got to make environment assets for Destiny. On. So uh, she jumped on. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's kind of why we we needed to like take on some people and, and try to figure out how big the game was. was how big be. is the team now? So we're four. Okay. Uh, so two artists uh, and the level designer who is also a coder in the background, which is really helpful. Uh, and then it's me doing most of, most of the code, I guess. Are you keeping this team for the, the next title too? Or? Yeah, yeah, Sweet. yeah. So we're going to... Yeah, we're gonna make something new, and and we're gonna bump you're, up everything, I guess. You're moving to like triple I territory now. You got <laughs> your own studio now. That's that's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's, I kind of like it. I, I mean, it's it's a change from from how I worked before, where it was just like me uh, working on and stuff. Um, so now I gotta make sure they have things to do and the, they um, like feel at home and everything. Um, one good thing is that I was kind of very, very open with from the start that we're only going to work from from home. So uh, if I, I would like if if you feel that you need an office with with colleagues and everything, this place probably is going to be for you for, because we're never going to have an office like that. So but everyone's been really 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 glad and, and really psyched to get working you know, on the games and everything do they all live in sweden yes they do um yeah so and they all live in like within just a few miles so it's really so close, you've like. met them all in person then yeah uh, yeah had so, some beers or something yeah yeah we okay. usually, usually go out for lunch uh like uh every other week or something oh nice um, yeah so uh my wife, who is doing the art, I live with, so I know her. <laughs> and then we have you uh, like your wife, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we have the the other the level designer. He worked on a studio that were 
sitting neighbor to the studio I worked on before. Oh, and they closed down. So it was like perfect timing that he was out of work kind of at the same time that I needed someone. So he could just jump on the same day and start working. Um, and then the other guy, the, the um, last artist uh, I worked with on the, the previous student I was on. And he was looking for something new. He was kind of tired of the whole mobile game thing. and wanted to do some, some re- premium games, I guess. So you said this was pitched to Netflix uh, as a mobile game, but you're not doing a mobile release with this. There is, is that right? Because I maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, it is. It is on it Netflix is, now. Is... You can play it on mobile. You can play it on iOS and, and Android. Okay, so what is the deal of Netflix and games? Like this is something I was not aware of. Yeah, they they've been kind of very sneaky, I guess. I mean, um, so. They they launched the games on on App Store and Google Play, and uh, so you download them from App Store and Google Play, and then when you start it up, you need to to in, enter your like account, uh, Netflix account to to log in and get started. So like you're just free to download. All you need is a network Netflix subscription. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, neat. So I mean, it's actually, I would say it's like the Apple Arcade without the without paying just for the game. So it's now it's like, okay, I, I have Netflix. I can download the games and try it out. Uh, and they, they've actually been launching quite good games. And I mean, not just mobile stuff, more like console ports or everything. So uh, I think it's uh, not a bad idea, actually. Interesting. Yeah, I got I don't know if I'll check it out because I don't really play a lot of mobile games anymore. And uh... yeah. But I think but, they've been launching like uh, was some uh, like more like PC PC indie game that was was ported to to Netflix to mobile. I can't remember the name now. But I mean, yeah, they're doing like proper premium stuff. I think. Oh, nice! So is Netflix their only focus? Is the mobile market? Uh, yes, so far at least. I, I'm not. I don't have any, any like insider info or anything on that. But I mean, yeah, so far it's just uh, iOS and Android. So I think if you are watching Netflix on on like your iPad, you can get like um, s- suggestions for games that are available, uh, and then you just click them and you end up in the App Store, for example. All right, Gary just left us to get some water. That's uh, good for you, Gary. Uh, so now we should call out that Destiny is available on Steam, on the Switch, and the, P- the PS5 and the Xbox uh, releases are coming soon? Yeah, soon. And it's also available on iOS and Android iOS, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. have a Netflix account. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So uh, how was the game received? Because there's a crap ton of anxiety. It goes into <laughs> launching a game, and yeah. I, I know I was talking up leading up to the launch. You were, uh, your anxiety was coming through on the Facebook messages, um, yeah, pretty pretty substantially. So how did yeah. that go? Yeah, I mean, launch stress was high, uh, and I, I, I think this is kind of actually the first time I've really been like stressing out for launch. Uh, and I've kind of been thinking about what was the difference, but it, because I've, I've launched big games before, but it's never really felt this 
this uh, level of anxiety about it. Uh, and I think that the thing is that uh, now I made a game that I like. So it was kind of a like comment on on my type of games if it didn't really was received well, I guess. So um, yeah, with pre- previous games, it was like yeah, it was very personal. Like, yeah, it was very, 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 very something personal. you want to make and want to play. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah. can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's actually very, very personal. So with the previous games, I was like making games that I thought. Um, people wanted to play and if they weren't all that successful it didn't really matter because it just felt like okay i had the wrong idea of what players wanted to play but now that i made a game that i want to play and it was like more like a comment on yeah as you said more more a lot more personal so the stress were a lot lot higher yeah the feedback is it's not it it's all it is you take it personally it's like they don't like you it's not yeah, about yeah, the yeah. game or you're or uh just some it's it's a personal attack when you get feedback on uh or at least criticisms on something you've yeah. created yeah so but, but i mean so getting back to the, like the question on how it has been received it's been very mixed i would say um so if you look on the on the steam page I think we have a mixed review, mixed uh, rating right now. And at launch, like the first few days, we had like uh, positive, mostly positive, and very positive. So like kind of in that range. And then, and then uh, players. I, th- I think that what happened is that players played more, and they realized the the main uh, flaw that that has been pointed out in reviews that the game gets. A little repetitive when you get towards the end. So, and then those like reviews started falling in, and we got lowered to to mixed. And but if you look look on the on the switch side of everything, um, we had like a eight point five, eight point oh at as reviews. So it's very positive, I think. I think, and they also mentioned the the repetition thing, but not as much of a like huge point i guess uh, and i kind of think that has something to do with the with the session time so shorter sessions on switch to so play a few missions and then you die and then you play it, play it back and come back later on while on pc you can play like the whole game in one sitting like 10 hours uh, right because yeah. i guess no one has anything better to do than sit down and play a game for 10 hours yeah but I, I, guess I, I wonder if it has anything to do with the I wonder if it has anything to do with the the culture of kind of PC gamers versus console gamers. Yeah, and I think that's also kind of one point because, um, and that also comes back to things we kind of learned from this. So we learned when we were doing this game, like towards the end of the end of uh, like alpha and beta and everything, uh, the level designer who is very much a PC gamer pointed out that we should have key remapping. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know. But I mean, it's going to take like two weeks to get in. And we have a shit ton of stuff to do. And I mean, let's just add it in an update, I I thought. I I was like, it can't be all that requested that we need it for launch. And boy, I was wrong. 
so wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I so, guess we should yeah. keep that one in mind, Gary. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Key, key bindings and being able to customize. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have that, you're like axed from the. I wonder if that's really frame. as important for JRPGs because I don't really see that very often. Yeah, but I mean, they're going to be requesting. You never know. Yeah, you yeah. never um Did you actually, so did your publisher, when they were testing it, did they give you any kind of feedback like that as well? Like, did, did you have any indication prior to launch that maybe this was going to be some of the feedback you were going to get? No, not from, not anything not anything external, just from the level designer. And I, I was like, yeah, I know he is like always right. When he says something, it's most likely always true. But it was like, yeah, but we don't really have the time to do this. So um, that's fair. I mean, yeah, yeah. You're managing a project. You got to make the decisions on like that. Yeah. And we were launching on like, so it's like um, we are four people, but my wife is is uh, on parental leave, so we have twins. Uh, yeah. So, um, congratulations. Just, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So perfect timing to get uh, twins. Two kids. Like the <laughs> last six months yeah. before launch. <laughs> well, you got like uh, three kids now, right? Then. Yeah, and uh, bonus kids. So we're four, four of them. Oh, four kids. Wow. Yeah. Bonus kids. <laughs> yeah. 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 But she's fifteen, so. Yeah, we barely even see her. She's mostly away. Yeah. Uh, At that age, you don't want to hang with your parents, so. No, we're boring. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah, you yeah. make video games. How boring could you possibly be? Super boring. Oh, according to her, I guess. Apparently. <laughs> so yeah, I but I mean, Destiny on uh, a, a fair bit now, and first of all, I suck. I, I'm really bad at this game. Uh, it's very hard. Like I'll run into a room and like six robots will jump out and like like just shoot me down right away. I'm trying yep. not to swear here, but uh, and it's like so I'll try and run away and they chase after me. They they just keep chasing and like yeah. I run all the way back to the start they're of the level. There's nowhere to hide for cover. It's like well I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, they're rel relentless. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't made it to the first boss yet because I really am that bad. <laughs> yeah my wife tried it and she died on the on the intro the first uh tutorial level so oh i did too yeah oh okay um, <laughs> yeah it's uh i maybe twin stick shooters are just maybe like it's a fun game i just suck at it yeah i mean it's it's uh absolutely a niche i mean I, and i kind of noticed that uh, while doing some play testing that twin stick shooting is isn't for everyone it's uh I thought it was. I mean, it's just point and shoot, basically. Run, point and shoot. But it's, so yeah. I'm, it's... Not, I'm not that coordinated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently. It's just, uh, yeah, it's uh, tricky, I guess. I've never been able to play anything that required like two analog sticks. Right? Yeah. Like in that, in that, in that scenario, I would like probably much prefer kind of keyboard and mouse. But that, that's just me. Yeah. And that was also one thing that kind of surprised me. Uh, which was, I guess, naive to not think. But I mean, uh, I thought that twin stick shooters, even on Steam, would be played with like a controller, twin sticks. But uh, basically, everyone is playing with keyboard and mouse. So, with that in mind, I kind of get that we should have had key rebinding even more, I guess. But I mean, so getting back to like the the um, the response from the game, so it's been mixed, but 
every one one thing that has kind of been in all the reviews and everything it is everyone likes the the core gameplay like the running and shooting and that that it feels good and the the weapons feel powerful and the feedback is great and everything so i think we're on to something we just need to to do some updates and fix some stuff and yeah would you make it easier no (laughs) (laughs) good answer (laughs) no yeah well that's actually been one of the feedbacks that it's too easy for some people oh okay well i really do just suck then okay that's fine (laughs) yeah we had one guy that uh so like on launch day he said uh, i read on twitter that i'm gonna download uh dust and eon and i'm gonna play it once and then i'm gonna speed run it i was like okay it's gonna be interesting because i mean the whole the whole idea of the game is it's um it's kind of uh, it's not a traditional roguelite uh, where you play one level after the other. It's instead, you need to reach a certain level to unlock a boss so you can challenge him. And then you can reach another level to unlock the next, next box and, and so forth. But So I was like, yeah, it's going to be tricky to speedrun it. But uh, I was watching his stream like the, the same night and he was he was completing the game in three hours and 40 minutes. Holy crap. Yeah, I was like, okay, what the fuck? How did you do that? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of those hardcore gamers, they, uh, it's... They yeah. Do shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some indeed. of them will, like, um, hack it. Like, they'll, they'll exploit a bug or something to get through some of it a lot faster. Yeah, but this guy, it wasn't really even, like... Uh, and that's what I thought when I saw the... the the tweet that a beat Dustin Eon in three hours and 40 minutes. It was like, oh, he, he must have found some glitch or bug or anything. Yeah. But no, he was properly playing it, but like super fast and just running in and getting the best shotgun and just rolling into enemies and blasting them in the face and just super, super fast. Oh, so is that the trick? Rolling into them and, and shooting them and then because yeah, I yeah, just went away and try to hide. And they no, he and... wasn't hiding. He was like, Super aggressive and just rolling and dodging and shooting. So, okay, so he's just yeah. Maybe really... that's the trick, Blair. You're yeah. you're chicken away too too easily. You just gotta jump in there and start shooting. Yep. Well, can you beat your game in three hours? No, <laughs> Never. no, no. I can't do that. He beat the first boss in like seventeen minutes. Oh uh, wow! So he leveled at level six and beat the first boss within within seventeen minutes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I I feel like I need to watch this guy's video now. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Actually, fun so, to see someone speed run your game. For your next game, I'm sure we'll yeah. talk about that more. Um, is there anything you would do differently? Like Gary and I have taken Karen Dow to plenty of expos now. I mean, Megfest was probably our favorite one, but that's really helpful for us. You get a lot of feedback just by watching people play, and you figure out what you need to fix or you realize that ignoring that one bug for a while was probably not the right thing to do before taking in front of an audience. But would you try, would you consider something like that? Because, dude, it'd be awesome if you came over to the US and like did something like Magfest, because you'd probably love that, first of all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, Rogue brought the game to, to PAX. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. And I just got some videos of people playing it and was like, even from those, like, I think we got five or 10 videos of just settings recording some people playing it well, well so even that were, was really helpful so i think it would be really 
really fun and also very helpful to like see people playing the game uh, for real. Because even though you like do some QA and stuff and you send the game off to people, it's never really the same as like a proper player grabbing it and just without any knowledge of it at all and playing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be awesome if you actually flew over to the U.S. Because then I would totally come and hang out with you. Uh, Gary yeah. and I have been talking about taking Karen out of PAX at some point. Um, that's That also scares me a little bit because those are real gamers. Like, MegFest yeah. is very kind. The players yeah. all give you... They'll, they'll give you feedback, um, but they're, no one's just outright mean. Although I think this year <laughs> there's a couple mean people. Um Going to PAX, I think you're going to get like just the harshest, most real feedback. Like I took uh, Burgle's Bounty to PAX like in 20, I don't know, 17 or 18 or something. That was harsh. Like I I, I never want to do that again. Yeah. Mobile is not meant for, for PAX. No, no. I mean, yeah, I, I guess one of those, you sh- you're probably going to get like the the real feed, feed, feedback from players, which I mean, you're going to get it sooner or later. So I guess it's good even though it's heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now that it is launched and you've gotten all that feedback, how do you feel now? Is it a little easier or is it still kind of... No, no, it's, it's kind of calmed, calmed down. Um, okay. So, and I I guess like the, the launch uh, week is like the stress of not really... It's mostly... Like two things. So either players gonna hate it, and that's that's fine, I guess. Or you're gonna have some stupid, stupid bug that kind of clears all save files or anything like that. And that's the <laughs> yeah, that's and that's the real stress, I think. Uh, like the first days of launch, like do you have some stupid thing you missed that ruins everything? Um so now it's kind of calmed down, so we know we have like a stable release it's it's fine so now we're kind of looking at, at all the the feedback both both the good and the and the bad bad like response and trying to pin in on the things that okay like mm, what is the the easiest and fastest things to fix right now to, to kind of bump the rating but because people are, are liking it just trying to remove the things that aren't as liked so um, like adding the remapping, of course, and some other settings and stuff that's been requested. And also uh, we've been adding a lot of more content with new mission types uh, and doing a lot of rebalancing and everything to, to kind of not get the repetitive feeling of, of uh, the game. Because, I mean, it's a roguelite, so repet- repetition is going to be part of it, but it's not... if repetition feels like a chore then you've kind of failed i guess so we've done done a lot of rebalancing to to uh avoid players creating a a repetitive and boring um like session for themselves because they could kind of do that so since we have like a mission board where you can select all kinds of missions and we were just like adding new missions and everything so if a player wanted to, they could. Uh, so let let's say they unlocked the latest area, and they were uh, were like, "I love the train heist missions," 
and we're just playing the latest area and the train house missions over and over. I haven't, and over I haven't played those yet. Those probably those sound kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we unlocked them at the after boss one. So if oh, you okay. <laughs> ever beat boss one, if I ever, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so I mean, them. yeah. So now we're we're kind of uh, forcing players to move around the game more to play different areas and different mission types, um, and also adding new mission types and new new. Uh, New weapons and new levels and everything to kind of break it up and make it to keep the fun, I guess, uh, for the long run. So, yeah. Is there anything you wish you did differently? I don't really know. I don't think so, but because I mean, we worked as fast and as good we could could within the super time limitation. And even though I I was like when we got the got the the um, the deal with Netflix, uh, I, I set up a milestone for like, okay, this is like the deadline. I, w- I was like, okay, this is what I need. And then I multiplied it with two and thought this is going to be fine, but we should, we should have had more time. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. But I mean, but the truth. Yeah. And, but I, I think that even if we did have more time, uh, we would still have like done the best we could within the time frame. So it's not, not like we, perhaps we wouldn't, wouldn't have had remap remapping anyway. So yeah, uh, we're launch. Yeah. How yeah. long was Leon Dust been in development for? Um, uh, two and a half years. And, a half years. and what would you say was your favorite moment throughout that whole time? Um. I think like towards the like mid mid in the middle somewhere when we were like doing good progress and adding new missions and uh, getting new guns in and everything. Uh, that was really fun to like see the game grow and we can see like we could watch an, a video of a previous build. I'm like, okay, right, we added uh, the main character here and we added all these new guns and oh we got the proper music and sound in and everything so i think that evolution yeah Yeah, so like probably at that point where everything just starts to seem like it's coming together yeah it started to feel like a proper game um what are you playing now are you making time are you taking any time to actually play games at all or have you just been no i haven't really been playing much um Mostly because we got had the twins, and that's been taking a lot of time. Um, and then uh, trying to like uh, launch the game and all the updates. So I think the last game I actually played was was Elden Ring. Um, oh, that's a little while now. Yeah, yeah, it's a little while, uh, and I really enjoyed that. It's really, really good, and a lot of, a lot of really good design choices uh, in that game that I really liked. Kind of felt like taking away all the all the holding hand and stuff that a lot of new games have been doing, and like going back to how games were like in like early early console ages. I think something like that. I've never played Elden Ring, so I have no idea what it's like. Uh, I'll take super it hard. Oh, I'm super hard. Great, great. I'll, I'll suck at that one too. Then. <laughs> yeah. I'm playing through Xenoblade Chronicles 3 right now, actually. And that game, uh, I think it's the best in the series. Yeah. Um, they just kind of fixed all the issues with the previous two and everything just 
flows so well together. It's the first RPG that I actually want to go through and do every side quest just because the world is that fun to explore and be around. And like in the previous two, when you get a uh, when you like get a side quest, the like the dialogue was really really bad because it was just like they 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 had like a preset number of, of things the characters would say and they'd cycle through them and the, most of the characters would just say the same thing over and over again this one all the text is unique it's actually written for individually for each of the mm-hmm. side quests and then the world is just really fun to explore too and and yeah it just makes it a lot of fun um yeah there's i mean i think that the the thing with games that you kind of need to to get into like the the building on the exploration and having every part of the game feel like really polished and really well done. So you've played some earlier builds of Karendau, probably not that long ago, even. Uh, yeah, I think. <laughs> I think it's good. Now? <laughs> no, no, I think it's good. I mean, and I've seen a lot of uh, like progress as well. I mean, so I, I think I've played like a super early build with just the prison. Yeah. And yeah, then I've been watching, yeah, I've been watching some that. of the later stuff you, that you've sent that looks super polished and like kind of next level for some stuff. So it's uh, it's there's more to be done. Like, um, I actually went through our entire like we use Trello as our project planner thing. Yeah, me too. And <laughs> I um, I went through and actually replanned everything and added actual months where i just spend polishing stuff it added like basically a year an extra year to the development but i don't know if i'm actually going to use all that polish time but it's like it's gonna because i will go months without playing game and just be working on content and stuff and just not yeah. play it and it could be as broken as shit and um and usually it is actually when i play all the new stuff it is so broken it's like oh great now i gotta spend like another two weeks fixing all this so it's yeah yeah not so bad that's but, where, yeah yeah and the that's kind of how we worked with Dust and Eon too. So we were like pushing in new new features and adding new levels and everything. And then we kind of played the game and like, okay, so we broke the tutorial now for some <laughs> reason and everything is like, okay, it started crashing here. And so we, we took like a, we usually did that. We took like a month adding new stuff. And then we took a week trying to fix everything. <laughs> And then a month adding new stuff, a week trying to fix everything. Oh, so what, what I'm doing is normal. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I'm not really sure you can get away from that because, I mean, so many systems working together and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. So would you consider yourself to be a triple I developer now? You got a team, you, you're, you got uh, a rogue light, rogue, rogue light, rogue Which one is it? So uh, it's like roguelike is the more hardcore one where you have no progression throughout the game. So you, if you die, uh, you totally reset. Okay. Roguelite, you have like the upgrades and everything. So it's a roguelite. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, if you die, it, it allegedly gets easier the next time you go because you're yeah. you, you've grinded a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't think that's true. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no. It's uh, I think it's just a feeling of progression because uh, you can't really make the game easier the more you play because you, everything got to scale with the player. So even though you get you're getting better, where the enemies also have more health and do more damage and everything. So the pivot, pivoting back to talking about Netflix, did they give you like a timeline? Was that all set, or did you tell them when you 
thought you could have it done? Um, so I think I can't really remember, but I had, I think I had like a date in mind that I thought like we could probably be done by this time. And, um, and they were like, yeah, okay, this is okay. So it kind of, um, boiled down to like a back and forth, like, okay, I want to, I think I can be done by this time. And they were like, oh yeah, that's, that sounds okay. We can, we can work with that. Yeah. Okay. I've, um, from, from the other people that I know, the other indie devs that I know, their relationship with publishers generally is pretty relaxed. Publishers don't have, don't seem to pressure the devs to get their game done really quickly. It seems like they actually want a good game rather than a broken piece of crap. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's, that's the good way of doing it. I think when, because I mean, they're not gonna earn more revenue because they push a game out too early um so and i I think that kind of kind of depends if who is paying for the development i guess so what's your next game (laughs) yeah so um of course we've been starting talking about the next game and uh i mean we're still working on updates and everything but we're still making some Google presentations and everything, trying to figure out what the next game is going to be like. Um, we had have some ideas and it kind of boils down to, to, to some, some points like, yes, we're going to do another twin stick shooter of some sort to oh, try and like learn from. <laughs> yeah, no, not the GMP. <laughs> so we're going to do, I think, we're going to do something like what we've done, um, take what we did well and do even better better on that. And then um, try to do something um, something new, I guess. And um, we really like to get some sort of uh, multiplayer co-op thing into it. Um, so yeah, there's been some ideas around and... and and as I said, I, I really love the the Elden Ring, like the Souls games. Uh, so you really like really hard games, is what you're telling me. Uh, no, it's not really that part that I liked the most. <laughs> but yeah, Elden Ring is a stupid hard game. If you if you if you're not playing the way they that you're supposed to be playing, you're gonna be super dead. That's the whole idea of Elden Ring, I guess. Yeah, but so. They they teach you to be careful, basically. Yeah, and they were they're like, okay, you can go everywhere, so you can waltz up to like the the last boss if you want to, but you're gonna die. So, but I mean, so, and it's a I think it's a good design decision for some reason um, that you're not limiting the player. So if they want to, they can like skip over a lot of content and 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 try to beat the game earlier and than they are supposed to um so they're kind of creating their own um difficulty i mean so and if it's too hard you can always like go back to the area area where you know okay this is safe grinding (laughs) do some grinding and then go back again and try again later Uh, but yeah it's uh i think they've done some really good stuff um that we're probably going to be looking at um trying to figure out how we could like do something similar in some way um 
while keeping like the twin stick uh, co-op shooter. Yeah, but you're not going to make it easy. <laughs> no, we're not going to make it easy. No, for me, come on. <laughs> no, no Larry, you just have to get better. Yeah, ah, shit, I'm not, good. I'm, you know, like when I was a little kid, I would like play all these grind fests for hours and just get so good at them. But it's like I don't have patience for that anymore. Yeah, the time for it. Yeah. Um, what was the motivating factor for the the more grindy mechanic actually in um in, in uh, Dust in the On with, with respect to like leveling up before you can fight the boss? Um, yeah, so. Um... The whole leveling up thing before you could get to the boss. Uh, I think that kind of boiled down to um, us, me trying to get away from a little bit of the things that I don't really like about the uh, roguelite games, where you where you play one level after the other, and then you meet a boss, and you beat mm-hmm. him, and then you play all the other levels, in, and then you meet the next boss. And if you die, you need to start over all over again. Um, so I was like, can we like have a roguelite without the whole sequential um, playing all the levels in a row every time? Um, and that's when I kind of think thought that, okay, if you beat a boss, then he's, he's done. You don't really need to beat him anymore, but we still need to, to like um, hold back the player in some way so that he can uh, not like play all the level bosses in a row and be done with the game, which might be have if you're looking at this the, like the Elden Ring games, it might be a stupid decision to do do it like that. So perhaps we should have done it like the Elden Ring games that have no level cap. You just play whatever boss you like. If you're done with the game, you're done with the game. Um, I mean, I think it was uh, us trying to get away from some of the things with roguelites that. I don't really like, um, and that's also why we have like the mission board where you can select the mission you want to play instead of playing like the level one, two, three, four, five, and then the boss again. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's great. I was curious about it. So for the DLC stuff, when are you planning? Do you have a launch date in mind for that? Yeah. So it's gonna be um, like the mid midsummer. Uh, like June, July, something. Okay, uh, so a few months ago, yeah. But... Yeah, and we have um, a patch before that that will fix some some balancing and do some uh, key rebinding, for instance. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was so okay. A patch for key rebinding. What? And you're gonna do no, more scenarios in it with? Is it now? So is it gonna be DLC for all platforms, or is it just gonna be an update that adds all this? Is it, or is it gonna be yeah, DLC? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's just gonna be a free update that adds okay. all this. Uh, so we're not gonna do any any paid DLCs or anything. So we're just gonna be adding on to the game and and trying to improve on some stuff um, before we before we basically go on to the next one. I guess so it's gonna end up there sooner or later. To, right. to are we yeah. allowed to talk about the price point? Um, yes, but I'm not really sure on what it what the price point is gonna be right now. Oh no, sorry for for the game, right? Like. The current the, at launch, yeah. the, the thirty dollar price point, the thirty US. Yeah, like you're thinking for like PlayStation or Xbox or, or... Uh, no, just just the the what we have already on on Steam and Switch. Oh right, okay, yeah, 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 yeah I think so. Yeah, yes. so, okay. So you didn't control that. 
No. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's one of those things. I, I had some input on it and uh, got kind of, uh, yeah. Other people had other inputs on it. I what guess. would have you wanted to charge for it if you could control? Uh, I wanted to go for $24.99, I think. Uh, and that's also, I mean, it could have been a bit high, high perhaps. But it was uh, what us looking at like the other games that are in the in the similar genre and everything. Um, and I think twenty four ninety nine is a it's a fair price. Uh, I think that's what yeah. we'll probably end up charging for Carindale when we eventually launch it. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a fickle thing with with pricing um, because if you price too low, uh, you're kind of setting the this is a asset flip crap game. Yeah, label. And yeah. if you charge too high, no one's gonna buy. Yeah, it. yeah, exactly. So it's it's a it's a very thin line to walk, I guess. So I'm, and I mean, and I'm, I think that twenty nine ninety nine could have been right, uh, but we've gotten a lot of feedback from it that no, it was a little bit too, too high. So um, yeah, I think it's just a learning thing, um, I guess. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, <clears throat> sorry, go ahead, Gary. No, I was just going to say to put things into perspective, like I'm looking at this uh, from Canada and uh, it's uh, $38.99 for us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and what's uh, like a AAA title, like newly launched, like the Pop Mall? Yeah. So, like a, 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 a bigger game, like let's say like Elden Ring, that would probably be like $80 here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's kind of where where you come in. So, and that's also one one of the things that I've kind of learned and that I've I made like a post mortem thing for for the team to kind of kind of kind of find what what we should be looking for when planning for features and everything, and kind of ties into this, this that even though you're a small team making games, you you're gonna get compared to the to the big titles. Just because of pricing. That's a good lesson to learn and also probably a shitty thing to deal with. Yeah, it is kind of, I mean, because we got some feedback that, okay, this game is, is $29.99. I can just buy, I think it was some, some example of some three-year-old AAA title. I can buy this instead. Yes, that's that's true. Yeah, and it's such a, it's very fickle. Like uh, yeah. to, to deal with that feedback and and, and it's like oh, I can buy this three year old game for the same price like fine and go buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, but, like... yeah, but at the same time, I mean, they have some kind of point, I guess. I mean, uh, even though you're a super small indie studio, you're gonna get compared to the the, the big studios sooner or later. Yeah, it's not uh, fair. It's so not fair. Millions of dollars of budget, and here we're basically putting together like chewing gum and like crackers to make a video game. Yep, yep, yeah. Now, anyway, that's kind of the the take path that I've kind of been trying to get back to to the team. That when we're planning features, we gotta really gotta think about: Do we really need this feature? And if we're gonna add it, can we make it? so good that we can in some way be compared to like a triple a title and i'm not talking like graphics here or anything but i mean 
let's say uh, the if you would compare a AAA top-down shooter with our game, um, and you if you would compare like the core gameplay, like the running and the shooting, could we compare it to a AAA title there? And yeah, I think we could probably do that. But if we get to like the the story and all the dialogue and everything, no, we could probably not compare it to a AAA title in that sense. So perhaps we should have just. Um, if we're gonna do another game, do we really need like a story in that sense, or could we just get away with some minimalistic thing that can't even be compared to a AAA title? Well, if you if you leave out the story, you know what people are gonna say. I want yeah. a story. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's a. I think that's like a that's a fine feedback to like I wanted to have this, and we're gonna say like absolutely, but we're not adding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, if you kind of if you're looking at like dead cells, you can see that uh, they have they have a story, and it's a 10 second intro of like a green blob falling in from a window, rolling into a corpse, and standing up and like doing a shoulder shrug, and that's what like. What game is that again? Uh, it's like the roguelike uh, Metrovania thing where you run oh. around and yeah, it's dead cells. Oh, dead cells. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, and I don't think I haven't seen any feedback on that game. Like, oh, we really wanted a story because they kind of conveyed the story that's there in that super yeah. short intro, and you can't really say that that doesn't really compare to a AAA title because it's so minimalized, so so super th- slimmed down that you can't really compare it. Yeah, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, when it comes to player feedback, you, you can't you can't win. Um, no, you you're can't. never gonna <laughs> you're never gonna appeal out to everyone. Like no, no. When we were at Magfest. Uh, this guy came up. His two guys came up um, to play the game. One of them just said, "Yeah, I don't like RPGs, so I'm not gonna like this." And I'm like, "Okay." perfect starting uh, yeah, point so you're you're playing all right uh, and he was actually a really nice guy we, we talked a fair bit uh he gave me a monster energy drink just for the hell of it i think i think <laughs> they were these two guys were like really high on something like they, they were not sober um <laughs> so but he loved the music and he said yeah i don't like this game but i don't like i i, I didn't like chrono trigger it's like well if you didn't like chrono trigger i don't have a chance to win you over it's no no zero, yeah. zero chance but then his friend, super in RPGs, put the game on the hardest difficulty and is the only person I've seen on that difficulty then go beat the first boss, the squid boss. And I, the the uh, the hit point buff that the enemies get was just put in the game like literally that weekend. So yeah. I've never actually seen anyone play it in that mode before. And this guy beat the boss and like the, the strategy he used like made it seem like I had planned out all the item pickups and everything perfectly just to get through the boss on hard mode. It's like, wow, this makes me look really smart and not just really fucking lucky. (laughs) (laughs) But it was really amazing to watch. I was so happy to see it. And that guy really loved RPGs and loved the game. So it was kind of interesting to see that, um, that uh, feedback and that sort of uh, contrast, if you will, between someone who hates them and someone who loves them. Yeah. And I mean, I I think that's a good way to, to make games. I mean, you can't make a game for everyone. Um, I mean, you you can try to to make uh, 
make it appeal to to most players who like that kind of game. Uh, but you can't make a game for everyone because then no one is gonna like it. Yeah, basically. So um, yeah, and it's we have had some like the the guy who who has been speedrunning the game, and he really loves it, and he has been kind of on the discord and like if if someone comes in and have a question he can answer it before i even oh, sweet. Got into it. yeah yeah so it's it's awesome really awesome to see um and i think that's kind of the the difference between the mobile industry and and like the console and, and pc yeah uh, yeah so you get like this mini community of players loving the game uh yeah um my friend's game kung fu kickball they were at magfest as well this year and they had some fans show up and ask them for an autograph which mm. is pretty cool i mean that's kind of awesome it's 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 kind of weird because it's like i'm not really a celebrity he's not really a celebrity so he felt weird but also very flattered it was it yeah. was kind of cool to hear about yeah yeah i mean so that's why you need to come to like some of the video game expos so you know you got your super fans coming up to ask you for <laughs> autograph and yeah yeah. Making you feel special. <laughs> and I can, then I can sign it like a three-year-old, like I always do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep on trucking, David Mark. Keep on trucking. <laughs> yeah. yep. So your next game, um, this this myth, this uh, still in conceptual design phase twin stick shooter. Are you working with a publisher again? Or are you working with Rogue again? Or... Um, I'm not really sure. Uh, I mean... I think that at some point point we kind of need to to try to do this on our own. Um, so um, yeah, it kind of depends if it's, this is the game for it or not. Did Rogue help you? Like, how did they? How did the publisher help you on this one? Yeah, so the publisher always handles like the, I would say like most of the boring stuff, like the documentation things and and uh, getting to through the lot check uh, reviews and everything yeah like qa stuff and fixing localization like the things like that but i mean we're still doing the sorry what marketing yeah marketing of course marketing absolutely so i mean and uh, and marketing that's like leading up to launch and, and the launch yeah. and a bit post. Well, what are the community building before that? Because I feel like like I'm terrible at this. Our Discord's dead. Um, and I yeah. don't post on social media because I also hate doing that. Yeah. Uh what do you think is the appropriate time to actually like start doing that stuff? Or do you, you I you do that a little bit, but not much. I don't see you posting of that much usually. No, no, I mean. Uh, and we also have like a discord that's super dead and we also have like a twitter account and everything that you should have but i'm not super uh good at posting on them because i really know what actually to post on them uh because and when i've tried it it kind of feels like every media has a different style you gotta take yeah, you got to do like that TikTok stuff now too. Oh man, I yeah. oh, that I hate. Yeah, yeah, I hope they ban it in the US, so I don't have to. <laughs> so I don't have to care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think where I've had the most, like the most luck, is uh, is the 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 places where most developers 
are the most scared to post, like Reddit. And oh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, geez, Reddit. Yeah, it's like a it's a minefield right there. Yeah, yeah, and and also nine gag. Uh, I've also had that a is. nine. That's nine like gag. that's a picture like, posting site, right? Yeah, yeah, and they're super. It's like, yeah, you shouldn't really post there because as soon as it's something that could be perceived as an ad, they're gonna scream ad. Um, but I mean, I've kind of found a way to navigate it somehow, like posting cool little short gifs and not mentioning in the game really, except for in comments. And uh, I mean, yeah, and Reddit is a whole other beast, but it's kind of the same thing, but it's a li- little bit of a nicer place and more developers, I think. Um, mm. Yeah, but I, I was getting nervous yeah. going to Reddit. I, it's a, kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, so and comparing to like Facebook and Twitter, Twitter just feels like a spam board and you won't really have any luck unless you have like a 5,000 followers. Right, yeah. I mean, so. I, I know, we obviously have a Twitter, but um, the only thing I think we ever post on it these days are, uh, here's our new podcast, go listen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I was, we were actually, we talked to a couple interns or applicants to be interns for us. And uh, we were, I wanted to get their help to basically go through, take screenshots for social media and stuff. And then I decided it's still too soon. I want to wait until I've got like tons of content to just show. And then yeah. that way, like every week I can post a new screenshot on screenshot Saturday or something stupid like that. Or Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's also like there's a lot of those things going on as well, like screenshot Saturday and share your trailer Tuesday or whatever. Trailer um, Tuesday, that's a thing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just too, it's a day for everything. So if you were to like tune in on all these things and have like a Steam page ready and everything, you could probably like have a quite successful following just by doing that. Then but does I mean, that really help though. Like, does that does that really, when it comes to numbers, at the end of the day, sales, units sold, whatever, does it make a difference if if you have a publisher who's marketing at launch, or you're leading up to launch, does it equate, or is there really, what's the value of having a community? I guess that's the question. I think I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's kind of tricky. I mean, we had some, we had a few. I think we had like. Did we have like seven thousand wish lists uh, before launch, and then Dustin Ian was three hundred already. Yeah, <laughs> sitting cool. on Steam for like the last three years. Yeah, so um, we were included in that uh, uh, Steam Next Fest uh, demo thing, where okay. you can like, yeah, you up you upload the demo, and then they have a event with a whole bunch of demos, like, and you can play. And uh, I think we got like fifteen thousand wish lists from that just that week. So all of our our community effort were nothing compared to like one week on Steam Next. So, I mean, yeah, it's tricky to kind of know what what works out and what what's worth it really. I mean, some of those Reddit posts could have been what made us get included in the Steam Next Fest. 
who knows hmm. yeah i guess uh, that makes sense it's really it's kind of a crapshoot yeah um we talked about chained echoes on this podcast before which is an indie rpg that came out not too long ago um i wasn't a huge fan it wasn't wasn't bad it wasn't wasn't amazing though either but sold incredibly well was marketed as a love letter to basically chrono trigger and i think that's what really helped it and i think their publisher did a good job with the marketing um but at the end of the day i I didn't think it was like all that super of a game (laughs) um so i sometimes think that marketing is more important than actually the quality of the game what do you think yeah that (laughs) yeah i think i think there's a point in that in some sense uh but you can't really make a game that that sucks that sucks and then expect it to have like a longer term sale so you can probably get a good peak out of a crappy game doing really good money. there'll be a lot of refunds <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely going to be a lot of refunds and but i think i think that if you if you want to make a successful game on steam that is one of the ones that always like on the top selling page or whatever you can't really make all that many yeah, mistakes. it actually has to be a good game if you want to yeah um, yeah for longevity definitely but yeah. for the initial like launch day marketing is probably more yeah, critical I'm... than the quality of the game yeah and I'm, i mean you see a lot of uh a lot of, lot of games coming out that's most more or less like a like viral thing like the yeah. i was following the the i don't know if you, you saw that one the choo choo charles uh where you're like a guy being chased by a oh, by like crane. a monster yeah yeah that game yeah. looks pretty cool it's a vr game though right no it's oh it's not no it's not so okay. i think it's just a regular so i mean i think that launched for 20 bucks and really? uh it's been selling like 3.4 million dollars in revenue or something guys so rich now <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean it seems to be a decent game but he has a, had a super successful like viral marketing around it and yeah well the game looks really good uh yeah and yeah. like that demonic spider train thing chasing him like looks freaking awesome yeah um yeah so it's really easy like you post a video like that on twitter it's gonna get shared like crazy yeah yeah so i mean and i think that he had a good game like a decent game in the in the background so but just that idea of you being chased by a chased by a demonic train it's kind of a seller so yeah yeah it's unique it's a unique idea too yeah yeah but then you also have the other side of that coin just trying to make one of those games that i are it's like a viral thing that just kind of feels like a money grab instead yeah so it's a tricky line to walk as well so let me ask this you've been doing this for a while you've got quite a few games under your belt like uh you're an avid game developer and the eight years that i've known you you've like punched out like how many titles? One, two, three, like five, six, maybe? Yeah, I think this that's, is the sixth. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. Um, how do you get over the feeling when you see all these games that are getting pumped out? Uh of like, you know, just being intimidated by just what the market does in this space now with, with indie games or games in general. There's just so much, so much. Yeah. Out. Yeah, it's really so much. And and uh 
at first I was like, I thought it was gonna be easier to make games, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think uh, for me, it's always been for every game, it's been like, okay, I need to to make it better i mean need to be even even better i would love to see you take on like a 10-year project like what we're doing although yeah, you no. probably get it a lot faster because you got a team now and you're doing it full time yeah yeah i'm i'm not i'm not really i have a hard time working on updates i mean so uh, like this was the longest project I've, you want to be done, be done i want to be done so yeah um but i mean yeah i think this like two years is I think that's a good time for me to focus on. Uh, in one month, Carindel hits its five-year development anniversary. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that puts us at halfway, right? <clears throat> about that. About that, yeah. I mean, not content-wise, but overall, like, game-wise, we'll be done probably. No. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm, I'm actually... Years, I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed by that. I mean, I, I don't think I could have held out for five years i think and... i'm nuts i think i'm just insane like <laughs> yeah I, I i don't know how i'm doing it either I, and yeah. gary's patient with me you're, you're past uh, you're past the insanity point player okay. you're way past insanity. <laughs> that's fair yeah um i mean i've I, I, I watched the like some small talk with the um, uh what's that game called dwarf fortress guys um, i don't know those Guys. It's like a, it's like a, uh, uh, like MS DOS, DOS game for like oh. twenty years, and then they've converted it to like a add add uh, art to it, I guess. And then now now they have actually sold really 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 well. Oh really? So, yeah. So they've been working on it for twenty years, and now they get like the reward for it. So. Well, hey, you know, maybe Carindale will be like a, a raging success and it'll all be worth it. All I know yeah. is that, oh, actually, this is a good question. So how did uh, a Dust and Neon sell? Uh, I would say it's sold decently. Uh, so, Can you actually uh, share numbers or no? No, I'm not sure I could share those. Okay. I, I'll, I'd have to check. Um but I mean, let's okay. Let's say we didn't have uh, Netflix um, supporting the game. I wouldn't really be all that psyched with how the sales went so gotcha. far. So and, uh, um, how does that yeah. how does it make you feel? Because I mean, if Carindale sold like shit, I would just I would be devastated. I'd be like, I I would probably hit a really deep depression. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first week was kind of harsh. Because it sold really well, and then uh, when reviews start coming in, that I mean, it's, that that also kind of ties back to what I've been saying that you can't really make all that many mistakes because when we're like, very unforgiving, yes, yeah, super unforgiving. And I think the console market is better, so it might be that we get a longer tail there, and with the updates and PlayStation Xbox launches, we get a like a Decent, decent chunk of sales out of it, but uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's tricky for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I honestly, when I when I think ahead to the launch, when I put myself in that mindset, 
And if, if it doesn't sell well, I'd be like, oh my God, what have I done for the last 10 years? <laughs> it, it, it scares the crap out of me. And I, my heart skips a beat. And they're like, oh, what if I, what, is this, all this effort going to be worth it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think um, uh, the first week was kind of, kind of rough uh, mostly because of all the stress and everything yeah. but uh, now that's kind of settled down i think that it's more more like okay we're gonna we're gonna do this again but super super well for the next one um, so i think it's i'm still in like okay i, I can do this better uh, and, and and i mean game has been appreciated so it's yeah. just gonna well it is a good game those. it's a really good game um would love an easy mode but it's a great game <laughs> yeah there is an easy mode so if there you is. start it's like yeah there's a, if you start like uh when you start uh uh save slot there oh, is a easy maybe mode. i should uh maybe i should start a new game and put it on easy mode. yeah because i was yeah. like no i can take it i can take it <laughs> yep i guess yeah. i can't is it uh, like less robots or how does easy mode uh or, or less enemies have less health yeah I added that on like a Friday after a few beers. <laughs> so I think... I think this, got it. <laughs> got it. Nothing. It does nothing. <laughs> no, I think it's lie. like... Uh, it scales down. I think it scales down like the enemy HP and enemy damage a bit. So it's mm. they're a little bit easier on you, I think. Oh, that's nice. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe I should start again and try that because I'm clearly not good. <laughs> Maybe you should try it with the mouse and the keyboard and stuff. See if that oh, feels I got on the Switch though, so I'm. I have, yeah, to right. buy it on, I have to buy it on Steam to do that. Yeah, but do that. I don't. I never. Oh, you're not a PC gamer. No, I'm not. I never. I've got like three games on Steam, and one of them is a Kids of Care and Dow demo. So uh, <laughs> okay. that that barely counts. Um, yeah, I, I I almost. I'm actually thinking about getting a PS5. I don't know why, but I kind of am. Yeah. Um, I love the but, PS5. Although if I got a Steam Deck, maybe I would play more PC games. I don't know. Steam Deck is. uh... Oh, I definitely think you should get a Steam Deck. Yeah. I was thinking about getting one, but I keep I keep forgetting to go and do it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think Uh, David turned out will play really well on that thing. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, David bought his entire team Steam Decks for Christmas. Yes. Oh. So very I thought generous. That, yeah, yeah. I thought they they needed it. So I mean, it's it's super huge, but it's really good. Uh, oh, that's big. About the same size thought... as Switch, no? Or is it a little bit? No, bigger? no. Oh, shit, that is big. Yeah. Hold on. They have the. Oh wow! Yeah, that is a pretty yeah. big difference. Big difference. Yeah, it's a lot big, but I mean, I think it's really good. Uh, and since you can basically like download all the games from your Steam library and just play them. Sweet. So I've literally we've literally watched the sunset behind you while we've been talking. So I've noticed like, that too. Yeah. Man, being that far north in Sweden, it's uh the days are not kind to you. No, they're kind of short. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of snow on the ground too, I saw in your window. That that was uh that's intense. Yeah, so I think we have like we had uh, one and a half meters for a while. Holy sh- okay. Yeah, yeah. Good chunk but of it's, snow. Yeah, it's a lot, but it's uh, kind of going away now. So we're moving towards summer, I guess. Hopefully. 
So on that note, though, should we wrap up? We've been talking for over an hour here. Yeah, yeah. Unless you have something, something else. Um, um. You got anything, G? No, I'm good. All right, David. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks for your time. Always awesome talking to you. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks, David. Yeah.